Can you hear me? Hey, what's up? This is K-12 Tech Talk. In this episode, we talk about COVID, Chromebook shortages, Josh being a jerk, COVID, Corey has a cough, and we're back! All things technical in K-12. This is K-12 Tech Talk Podcast with Josh, Chris, and Corey. Hi, and welcome to the, I guess, call it reintroduction episode of K-12 Tech Talk. I'm Josh. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, my sorry. God. I haven't even introduced him yet. That's COVID cough right there. Sorry. I'm, I'm Josh, and with me is Chris and special guest Corey. The Chris, boys are back. Yeah, we're back. The boys are back in town. <laughs> So oh, good. That's the last I guess one, I promise. <laughs> our when our, our last episode was sometime in May, June, July. I think it was May. Yeah. So it was before Midwest Tech Talk took place in July, and we did that virtually. Um, we were in the midst of the lockdown. I think each of us had placed orders for Chromebooks around that time, right? I know I did. Um, I, I I placed mine way back in January, and you guys always make fun of me. Oh, I didn't. Guess, I didn't yeah, yeah, but guess well, who got their Chromebooks first? He bought he bought Lenovo's. They're barely Chromebooks. Yeah, they're yeah they barely. <laughs> yeah, I got them because nobody else wanted them. Yeah, you got me them. And before. Josh ordered, I think, within a week of each other. Yeah, I think you actually ordered a week before I did. Um, I ordered in late May or early June. Um, I did not receive them until the second day of school, August 25th. Mm -mm -mm. And I was in. Yeah, you got yours before me. Yeah. And I, and we actually ordered from the same company. Um, Mm -hmm. I was in absolute panic mode because I did not have enough Chromebooks. But don't you live in panic mode? To a degree, it's all level based. I mean, this was, this was, was this this was probably, it's the, the, uh, Smith Bowman scale. It, this was probably a good seven or eight panic level because I didn't have enough Chromebooks to give all the kids. We had the 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 class, the size of the class going into seventh grade was larger than the size of seniors leaving. So I was short by probably 50 to 60 Chromebooks. Um and actually, I worked out a deal with a district in St. Louis that was willing to give me 50 spare devices of devices they weren't using. So I had a stopgap measure in place, but thank God they showed up the second day of school. Mm. When did you get yours, Corey? Mine was after that. I want to say the second week. Um, we're not one-to-one anyway, so we were in the same boat. We were down a lot of Chromebooks because we had already retired and recycled um, the Chromebooks that the new ones were replacing. So we were down a lot. Um, but I think the second week of school they were in. Chris, and so you you ordered in January. You had yeah, a little... Yeah, so I, 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 I've always done a weird thing that I like, whatever. We always do a RFP for the model that's getting ready to not be the newest model. <clears throat> oh, okay. Uh, so, you know, we're getting that new car that's not it's still new on the lot but it's it's not the the newest thing out there but then i mean i i had some interesting stuff happen because we 
we, we, we lock in details in January, February, and then we always ask the company like to hold on to that stuff until June, July, and then ship it to us. Well, then COVID hit. So of course they had a high demand from others uh, that were just needing Chromebooks uh, in, a, in a different kind of situation than me. Uh, so they actually sold the Chromebooks that were marked for me. And then they were trying to get me to, you know, buy that, that different model Chromebook, but they were wanting to charge me that higher cost. So we had to work out some stuff, but it all, it all ended up working out. We got our Chromebooks uh, in June, July. And then we actually lucked out too. We, so we lease our Chromebooks typically. Uh, so these were high school Chromebooks, long story short, uh, that were going off of lease. We bought them from the leasing company for like 30, 35 bucks. Wow. Uh, and then those became our Chromebooks that we brought to our lowest elementary building uh, for our virtual students and our, you know, if school were to shut down, that way right. first grade could become one-to-one -one kind of thing. So that we're, stuff kind of, it just magically worked out, of course. We're actually doing similar with the, the devices. So our new devices that went to our middle school, um, that freed up about 500 devices that I ended up rolling down to our elementary school to backfill. So we're now one-to-one -one first grade through 12th grade. But the devices first first grade through sixth grade don't go home, thankfully. Um but yeah, I did the same thing. Those older devices that still have life, they're pieces of junk, Lenovo. Um, but they, I like I like <clears throat> Lenovo. But they're fine for if they don't go home. So we did we did something similar. We're actually getting. I ready like to Lenovo, do. and I send them home. Um, <laughs> so you have Josh and the anti Josh. Um, so I just released. Well, not just. It's been about a month ago. Released an RFP for Chromebooks, six uh, eleven hundred Chromebooks to be purchased next month for next school year. Um, I'm sure you guys are hearing of the shortages or expected shortages, right? Um, for next school year and the, and the potential delays. Corey, I think you hear the same story because I think we talked to the same vendor quite a bit about those delays and some of the shenanigans that HP is pulling. Um, you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um, well, we got, we actually got super lucky. So during this, uh, five years we've been away, um, my district decided to go one-to-one -one, um, and for next school year and using, um, I believe, I forget, there's been so many grants, I forget which one we used um, to purchase enough Chromebooks for us to be one-to-one. -one. And we actually already have them in. Uh, they're in a locked classroom. Uh, we'll be ready to go one-to-one -one for next year. But yeah, so um, during this time, um, our previous order was HP G8 AMD model because HP announced that they killed the Intel model. I don't know. It was back in the spring sometime. Yeah, it was May. It was right after we placed our yeah. order. Yeah, because yeah. we both ordered Intels and then yes. had to switch to AMD. Yes. And then, <laughs> then just recently, so when we put uh, the RFP out, um, almost everybody replied with the AMD model. And then the vendor who I thought we would go with called me one day out of the blue. He said, hey, um, just to let you know that um, we can't, nobody can get the AMD model anymore and that they're reverting back to the Intel model. And I was like, okay. And, and he said, oh, by the way, an HP is charging a premium for them too. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's funny that RFP I released, I just said the current HP model. I didn't care if it was the Intel or AMD or G8 or the 
rumored G9 that was supposed to happen. Um, I had a bunch of vendors, three vendors that replied with the, the AMD model and two vendors that replied with the Intel model. The, the ones that replied with the AMD model are telling me that they have outstanding orders with HP and that HP has committed to fulfilling those AMD orders. The people that replied with the Intel orders or the Intel quotes are saying, no, HP is not making any more AMD processors and they're not going to fulfill those orders. So I don't know who to believe. Right. Um, and, and the unfortunate part about this, if you have listeners, if you haven't released your RFPs yet for Chromebooks for next year, you're going to see a 30 to probably $50 increase on top of just the Chromebook for next year. That That's kind of the <laughs> average that I'm seeing price increase wise. And on top of that, Google announced they are increasing the management license cost in March. Is it? They're raising it like five or eight bucks. I don't bucks. remember. Yeah, they don't. They announced <clears throat> it. Then they just announced recently they was going to delay it a few months, but I don't know when that happens. Yeah, it's sometime in quarter one, 2021. Um, so yeah, you've got price increases all around. Um, you got anything else to add to that, guys? I was going to say, so I'm sticking with Lenovo still, and we just placed that order. And, and, can Lenovo and be, even, can they even build devices right now? Yeah, well, Intel. So we were the, in, in, I mean, it was the same story. We we were going to go with AMD, but they said in, Intel's what's going to be available. I could place an order for AMD, and they hoped that it would come June, July, or I could place an order with for, for in, Intel, and they thought it would be like April, May. So we're going to roll the dice on Intel. Yeah. But they have not called. But Lenovo was the company that got shut down from the, the commerce department, right? For having slave labor, labor or child labor in China. And they, they weren't accepting any shipments over. So that was their big problem in the spring. The, The rumor I had heard was that they were moving their manufacturing facilities out of China, namely to Mexico. Um, have you heard anything? Of I mean, I heard that too, but I get all my rumors from you. Oh. <laughs> well, wow. I'm a pretty reliable source, so <laughs> I'm, I'm well connected. Um, so, Corey, you're coughing. What What is going on? Well, I, I don't I don't know. It's just a, it's a scratchy throat. Mm-hmm. I don't have no Hashtag water. I'm in a COVID cough. <laughs> Here, hold on. I found something. So... How is what are your what are your schools doing? Are you guys in seat? Are you virtual? Are you hybrid? What are you guys doing? Surviving. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, um, I would say it's a complete guess by me. Uh, Well, one, uh, me and Chris's districts are like five miles from apart. so we, I think we're in the same boat. You're a little more north, a little different. But um, I mean, if school, when school, before school started, I probably would have bet my house, like by October, we're not in session. Yeah. And like, we've made it the whole time. Um, we did my district, uh, I won't speak for Chris's, my district, we hit, um, we, we hit a high point um, for uh, not really cases, but for quarantines. Uh, I'd say three weeks ago, right before Thanksgiving, um, we had, we got to the point, uh, I think our highest number was 46% of our high school was out one day. Wow. <laughs> uh, 
And I think Thanksgiving saved us. I mean, I, I, will, I wouldn't speak for my superintendent or, or what their decisions would have been. They knew Thanksgiving was around the corner. We got the entire week off. So, you know, we got to be away from each other. So I think, I honestly really think that saved us from having to make a different decision um, for, you know, closing or something like that. So the interesting thing, the experts are now saying that we're just now starting to see the uptick in cases from Thanksgiving. So I know, um, and I'll get back to this original question with you, Chris, in a second, but I know the two weeks after Halloween were horrible for all of our districts. Our, our case count was super high. Our positives, our quarantines were high, highest they'd ever been all year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out after Thanksgiving. Chris, do you have anything different to add about what, how you, are you in seat virtual hybrid? Yeah, so we, we, we are currently uh, in person and then there's a mask mandate going on with our, with our, our, our district. We're requiring kids uh, and, and faculty staff to wear masks. Uh, and, and then you also have the option to go uh, online, to go virtual. So we have several kids doing that. Uh, we're wrapping up first semester. They said that uh, uh, our le le leadership said that elementary, uh, there's a lot more kids coming back to face-to-face. -to -face. So it's going to be a lot of middle school, high school kids still virtual, but uh, elementary, there's still several takers on, on you know, being at home for their learning. But uh, a lot of kids are coming back. I'm, I'm like Corey. I mean, it got really bad, uh, but we didn't shut down. So I have a hard time thinking now that we're going to shut down because yeah, I we agree. made it through the really bad stuff. Well, we started, um, I mean, the counties have that, the green, orange, red warnings, oh, cool. at least in this part of the state. I mean, we started our area, me and Chris's area, we started in the red. Like our county was red on our first day of school. My superintendent made a good point. Like once we made it a few weeks, he told our admin team, he was like, like guys, we started to close now. So we've been, we've been a uh, seat the whole time. Yeah. So you, Corey, you alluded to it. I'm, I'm north of you guys by, I don't know, 30, 30 miles, 40 miles or so. I'm, I'm closer to St. Louis. So some of the, the mentality changes the closer you get to St. Louis. Um, in St. Louis County itself, most of those schools started the year hybrid or all virtual. Um, we we were actually one of, I think, three districts in our county to start the year out five-day in-person in-seat. Um, of course, we did offer a virtual option for people that weren't comfortable to be in-seat. About 20% of our student population took that option, the virtual option, Um and it was interesting, uh, those three or four days before school, tearing apart Chromebook carts, cutting out power adapters, and anybody that, anybody that walked up to the building and said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be virtual. I need a Chromebook. Okay, what's your name? Here's your Chromebook. So <laughs> uh, it just, yeah, it felt like we were passing out Halloween candy. Um, so those some of those people are going to come back at semester we're trying to get a good count on that not near as many as what they had hoped i think um it's definitely presented some some challenges as far as you have teachers that are trying to teach both in-seat kids and 20 percent of their student population virtually at the same time um i know our, our teachers they've done really really well at it um they feel like they're struggling. And I think everybody is in that boat of feeling like they're struggling. It, 
it could be a maintenance person. It could be an IT person. Obviously, the classroom teachers feel that way. But I think all things considered, I don't think anybody could have done any better. No one was prepared for this. No one's done this before. We're learning as we go. I don't I don't know that that the outcomes could have been any better or the actions could have been any better. Um, So I think, you know, there's a little bit of grace there with with what's been happening. Um, Have you guys ran into any issues with connectivity with students for those? First, let me ask, do you know what percentage of your student populations took that all virtual option to start the year? Were you guys around what we saw 20%? I believe we started around 18%. Okay. Chris, do you know? I used to know that number, but I had COVID. Um, <laughs> and I think I had, I, I've had a couple rounds of COVID fog. So I have no idea. So the, co- so the COVID <laughs> fog is, is real, huh, is what you're saying. I, I, I had one day where I, it was super weird. Uh, and yes, I think it's completely real. I had a day where I felt like I just sat, and this is not normal for me. I just sat like uh, on a couch, and my brain, like that voice in my head, kept telling me to do things, like you know, like move, and I couldn't like get up. And it was I don't know. I'm not even uh, ex- explaining that well, but like my, I couldn't do what I wanted to do in the day, and it was like I couldn't get my brain to like. <laughs> make my body move. Interesting. And it was really, it was really weird. I, I had one of my best tech savviest teachers, uh, who's actually one of our, our, uh, online like coaches. Uh, she had COVID, uh, and then she was talking about, she couldn't get logged into sis. And, and again, this is like a top tier, you know, teacher, as far as tech savviness goes, I remoted into her computer and she was completely botching her username. Wow. And it was real. That was a weird experience, you know, for me to her too, because, and then like, even after I was like, well, it's just, you know, this, which is the same username you've used for years and years and years and years and years. She was still like taken aback that wow. that was her username. And I think, I mean, we, her, her and I talked later. Uh, Cause that was kind of funny. I was running a fever. I'm at home stuck in my bedroom uh, she's at her house. She's with a fever. She's still with her online kids. You know, we're trying to support each other still. We both have fevers. We both have COVID. Uh, and then, you know, it's this weird username. I, I told her I wasn't going to judge. T- typically, I would judge a teacher harshly on that. Oh, my uh, goodness. I didn't, I didn't crack any jokes. I just told her to feel better, and we just moved on. Wow. Interesting. So um, that leads me to my next question. Corey, you said 18%. Chris has no clue because it's Chris. <laughs> um, we were at 20%. Uh, we, we, as far as connectivity, Corey, you guys are, are quite a bit more rural than me. We, at the beginning of the year during our online enrollment process, only I think 3% of our families said they didn't have internet at home from a provider. And we, we classified as um, cell phone not being internet. Do you guys know what your no internet at home rate is? We, I do not. Cause we, we never did a survey. Okay. So Chris. we did a survey and I'm going to tell you that it was like, it was like 1%. It was like, or 2%. It was like nothing. However, really? it was, but, but here, here's the deal. It was an online survey. Okay. So there was no, there was no really requirement yeah. to do. Okay. Gotcha. So like 
and like those or the people that have internet are the one that did it right yeah so like we we ran with that number and stuff but and like we and and we did try to get the kids you know they were at school they were with their chromebooks we tried to get a student survey with you know with that as well (laughs) so super low number but i i mean we we believed in the data but we didn't believe i i didn't believe the data you know what i mean like i think it's higher than that so we made it a required question that the parent has to answer in the online enrollment form that they have to do every year. So they could not register and get their class schedule until they answered the question, do you have internet at home? So I, I feel somewhat good. I mean, better than Chris, obviously, that we have a number to go on. Um, so for us, it worked out to be about 150 families. So what are you guys doing to address that? disparity or that equity issue of not having broadband internet at home. Corey, were you doing something with USB drives? No, that was floated. I, that was floated and I was against it. And then luckily there was a, there was a delay in CARES funding and that's how we would have purchased all the USB drives. So that never happened. Um, We tackled it a little differently. And I think mainly because we're not, we were not one-to-one when this started so all of those Chromebooks I spoke about earlier that we ended up retiring. So we kept we kept them in in the district. And what we did is we deprovisioned them from Google, erased them, and then since they were already deemed to be recycled, we could then just give them out. So when a when a family went virtual, they filled out a form like, yes, I need a device, no, I don't. And then if they did, we just simply here they were Lenovo N21, like here. Here's your Chromebook. Here's a charger. Mm-hmm. We don't ever want to see this computer again. Like right, it's yours. But what if they didn't have internet at home? So, so virtual. We looked at virtual as like, hey, we're starting school in session. You're making the choice to go virtual. We're not telling you to go virtual. So if you make the choice to go virtual, then you are responsible for having internet. Like it would have been different if we said, hey, we're shutting down. Right. You know, you're going to be home two days a week. And so and the, our superintendent was very upfront about that. So families knew that, hey, if we're choosing to go virtual, the we have to have some sort of uh, some sort of Internet. And then we uh, went through a grant through a through a network company. They gave, uh, I guess you would call packs of outdoor equipment. Uh, oh, yeah, we can the same thing. Yeah, so we then we that. was able yeah. to publicize that too. Like, hey, if you really don't come back to our high school, the high school parking lot has Wi-Fi now. So that's how we tackled it. Yeah, so I mean, I think we can say that Aruba gave out um, access points to a number of school districts. All three of us got it. Um, I know yeah, a number. Somebody of- knew before everybody else. Yeah, and I did. Then- and then didn't bother to tell anybody. Yeah, actually, we're we're bringing up. So it was May twenty eighth. We did episode thirteen, and that was when it all hit the fan. That that's actually what's what's happened um, between then and now. That was when we started arguing. We had a bit. We had a big fallout because Josh knew about this stuff. He knew yeah, that Aruba it was like was getting, fourteen thousand like, dollars worth of equipment or something like that. Yeah, I'm gonna, he just didn't bother to tell anybody. <clears throat> I'm going to look at my email and see if I can find the email from Chris and Chris at Aruba. And uh, and actually, I think we found out when he was telling other people in Discord. Yeah. 
Like, didn't yeah. even bother to tell us. Oh, directly. no. No. What and happened? Was, all of a sudden, I'm like, no. all of a sudden, I text Chris. I'm like, hey, Josh is talking about a free HP stuff in Discord. No. Yeah. I didn't tell anyone. I people we, we, oh, we, we, we told people, we're like, hey, COVID's why we're not doing the podcast. It wasn't COVID. It was Josh. No. no friendship Josh. friendship Br- was hurt. Bridges were burnt. Yeah, bridges so, were burnt. I and I don't know why it's getting brought back up again. Oh wow! We got babies, we got babies crying. Yeah, <laughs> Corey's, Corey's that really baby. That man. baby didn't have Wi-Fi, did it? No, it didn't. So, um, I was worried that it was like just a special deal that only a few people were going to get, and I didn't want hashtag selfish. Yeah, I didn't want to run my mouth. Say it's selfish. <clears throat> I didn't want to run my mouth to somebody, and then Corey get upset and start whining to. Our sales rep at Aruba. Why didn't I get free gear? And then I would get screwed. And that's exactly what happened. No. So someone else in Discord talked about it, said, hey, I I just got this uh, offer from Aruba for free gear. I'm going to sign up for it. And I actually. Josh is like, oh, yeah, I've had mine in the office for two weeks. Yeah, I did. That was my response. I don't even like Aruba. It's a doorstop. No, I love Aruba. Doorstop. I love her. So I, I signed my contract with them. For the free gear on May fifteenth. Yeah, that's when the podcast. That, that's when the podcast ended. Yeah, yeah, it is true. But talking about that was like, so I found out that day. I text Chris, and then then a there another another cohort colleague. I don't know another tech director at another district, and I think we all called our vendor or our rep the same day. Mm-hmm. And on that day, like he's like, "Hey, you're going to get a call from HP. Answer some questions." And like literally, they're like, okay, it's it's like, what was it like three days shipping or something? All of a sudden, like yeah. this huge box, and like, bam, done. Yeah, it's super nice. It was like super nice gear. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm already in. A, well, actually, all three of us are already Aruba customers. So it just I use Aruba Central. I was able to throw it on the network. It homed, found, and was able to go in my Aruba Central up and away. Um, I can't say we've had that many people use it, but we've been telling families, if you don't have internet at home, come in here and, you know, these these three or four parking lots are now covered. Speaking of free equipment, um, yeah, let's we, were, we were contacted by <laughs> T-Mobile, who merged with Sprint, about their 10 million project. Sprint used to have that Sprint 5 million project where they were giving hotspots to schools based on free and reduced lunch count. And it was a free hotspot and free service. Well, T-Mobile contacted us. Um, it's been a, probably a month and a half ago. And we worked out a deal. And they gave us 150 free hotspots with each hotspot has 100 gig of service per year for free. So we got those in last week. We're configuring them and laser etching them and all that fun stuff now. So those will be used if we were to ever shut down. Uh, for families that don't have internet access at home. We I just, mean, so to uh, answer your question, yeah. like what my district, like if, if a shutdown did happen, like say second semester, like, I mean, I don't know exactly because our, our, we are, like you said earlier, we're rural district, um, you know, so I don't exactly know. We, we, we for sure wouldn't have enough access for everybody. We would probably go a hybrid model to start like, you know, two days here, two days off, everybody's off one day, something like that. But still that would be a, that would be a, you know, something to figure out pretty quickly. Yeah. We, we are talking about 
what how we can alter our schedule in the third quarter to make to give teachers a little bit of reprieve. Um, it's going to be interesting to see what shakes out of that. I don't know what central office is, is going to decide to do. Um, so what do you guys see as the major hurdles to overcome in the next, well, six months, really, till May when school ends this year? Good talk. Um, I'll go first. COVID fog. Hey, 10%. 10% of my population went virtual. Really? That's all? Yeah, I sent a text to the curriculum director and asked her. Interesting. So one thing that's been on my radar that I don't know that I mean, I'm sure you guys have thought about it. Um, spring assessments are starting to work. Yes. Well, that's, that was what I, I was going to say that. Um, I heard. So my boss is, the, I guess, the district test coordinator. She's an assistant superintendent. We she had a, a session with Desi and EOCs a couple weeks ago. And apparently their response then for the, for at least the fall EOC was make them come in and test. So I don't know. I mean, it's yeah, I can't I don't understand how that would work in the spring because fall is a small number. Yeah, we only like test. You, you test a small number of kids in the fall. Yeah, we're only doing algebra, I think, in the fall. And it's like 50 kids. It's not anything crazy. Um but spring with DRC would be a totally different story. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I like. I thought about it just myself. We haven't had any district discussions yet. I'm like, I, how's this going to work? Yeah, and I honestly, I think DRC is going to have to answer that question. Not that that's obviously not an answer that we can. I mean, even with. logistically, like, say you open your gym, and you're like, okay, if you're in second grade. You have to come test this week. We have a desk set up in the gym, but it's like it's more about like the kids, the virtual kids. Like they haven't been getting the same instruction. No, but then like your but your that... scores are going to be so. <clears throat> oh like, yeah, you know, up and down. Like yeah, how can the state like okay, the state's decided like okay, yeah, you're map testing, but like what are those results going to get the state? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like they're gonna the 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 data they get from those test results is going to be just so not normal well and maybe 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 that's what they want maybe they want bad like data to be bad like let's prove that public education and kids sitting in classes is the way to go like maybe well there, maybe that's the point there are stories coming out now that are already proving that that point the our district kind of act echoes that data there was a national news story yesterday that said the majority of kids that are virtual are have an F in something. So if, if you're a virtual kid, chances are you're failing a class. And, and I think every district can say that they are seeing similar data with their virtual kids. And it's not necessarily, the, it, it isn't the fault of the teacher. It's just, Instruction no. happens differently when you're right. not in the class. It's not the same when you're not on site. Yeah, like we we work in K-12 because we believe in public education and public education, like part of how it works is that kids sit physically in a room with the teacher. Like that's that's the point. So like, I mean, I think it's it's not good, but it is good 
that virtual stuff, online stuff isn't working out. That's why I, I mean, I've, I've said like I, I, I know I'm paid to support technology and to be all about technology, but I'm not all about like at home online learning. No, I don't think that's the method that sh of instruction that should be happening. No. Will I support it? Yes. But I'm not all about it. Like, I'm not going to raise my hand and, and shout from the rooftops that I think it's going to work because I, I don't feel that way. Chris, your kids were quarantined, right, when you were sick? Yeah. What What was the comparison of their virtual education to in-seat education? <clears throat> I mean, just, I mean, I mean, you know, you're way different. So my son's in, in middle school. Uh, one of his favorite classes right now is shop. Well, like, of course, shop looks drastically different at home. Like it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't happen. Uh, my daughter's in high school. She has a class that's all about Microsoft office stuff. Uh, she can't do that well on a Chromebook. Like we don't, we don't support office 365 and that kind of thing. So like you, you, you get a lot of teachers that are, and you know, I, I, I think, at our district, quarantine kids are even different than like the online virtual kids. Like it's kind of different platforms, but quarantine kids kind of have it rough because they kind of get treated, you know, the same as in years past. Like, oh, you get the flu or you're sick, you're out for a couple of weeks. So it's just like makeup work. Like makeup work is not as good of work. Like, right, right. So, so there was a lot of stuff at the high school level that, that we've seen with kids that they're not, they're getting filler stuff so that they can you know, oh yeah, you were still participating in class, but they're missing out on the actual learning taking place. So, okay, so you bring up a good point. Your quarantine kids are different than your virtual kids. Explain that. Yeah, so our our, our online, like full-time online virtual kids, uh, we use Edgenuity with them, and then they're assigned like a, like a teacher, like a coach. So that Edgenuity, uh, you know, program, that's the thing doing the majority of the teaching. Uh, and they're getting their classes, you know, with that. Now they're still doing some other stuff as well and doing some Google stuff, but that's primarily what they're doing. You know, they're logging into that to take science. They're logging into that to take math. Uh, if you're a quarantine kid, you're still assigned all your same teachers as, as if you're in person and you're getting your stuff via Google classroom or what, you know, however you normally got your assignments. So you're a quarantine kid. You're more just, like I said, it's like you're sick for a couple of days, but it's not a couple of days. It's, Two weeks. Yeah. yeah, that's a long time. So we're a little bit different. We decided not to go with a paid product like Launch or Edgenuity. We we rolled our own for our virtual kids. So when I said earlier that we have teachers teaching both virtual and in seat, somewhat at the same time or at the same time, that's legit happening for our virtual kids and our quarantine kids. And and the thought process around that at the time was to address that if you have virtual kids and you're using a paid product and then you have kids that are going in and out of quarantine, which that's a good number of kids at any given time, our numbers right now are over a hundred kids in quarantine. You're not going to be able to buy that paid product for a period of two weeks. And right. it, even, if you, even if you were, there is no guarantee that in their curriculum, they would have been at the same unit of study that your in-seat kids were at. So there may have been a disparity as far as, at what point in the curriculum they were at as well. So long story short, that's why we chose at the time earlier in the, in the summer to roll our own, which I mean, good or bad. I think every situation has pros and cons. Um, that's just kind of what we landed on. So, we did buy, we, we, we purchased edgenuity for everyone. So like if you're a quarantine kid or a, 
and and in-person student uh you can still use edgenuity but it's supplemental stuff and hmm. it's supposed to like the teacher's supposed to spend that time you know to get that stuff to line up but i mean it's it's different like it it's it's not going to work well it's just not right well yeah it, it'll yeah it, not a lot of this is working well it's just uh we're getting like, through this hump i think it's fine yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't say that we're well, you, you said earlier, like we're not doing a bad job. We're doing the best we can. It looks as good as it can look. Right. And and being in, in IT, I know you guys have have been in situations where, you know, you're you're either blazing a new <coughs> blazing a new trail or you have some sort of outage and, and you're doing it the best you can to get something back up and functional. And it, it, it's not going to look pretty and it, it may not be the, the long-term solution, but by God, you're going to get through it. And, and I kind of see that's where we are right now with, with instruction. It may not look pretty. It may not be the best solution, but we're doing it. And it's, it's, it's working as best as it, as it can, I think. Um, but yeah, testing the spring assessment is, is definitely on my radar. I've been, thinking quite a bit about that and how in the world that's going to work. Um, and, and short of making kids come in, I don't know how it will. I mean, I don't know how you could, how <clears throat> DRC, like even like, you know, your locked browser, I mean, like, okay, we'll let the kids test at home. I mean, can't prove they don't have their cell phone up. And or mom, mom and dad, dad or you're right. Sitting exactly. right there. Right. Hey, and are they, they don't even know their kids tested. Hey dad, help me solve this problem real quick. Oh, okay. And like, I don't know. I don't know how unless they told the districts you have to find a way to get the kids in that like you could even say that's a valid test at so that point. We, the integrity would be similar to that of mail-in ballots. Did no, I? no. <laughs> Not even close. Um, so Any, we, anyway. <laughs> we, we, I'll cut that out. Um, we, we looked at um, a secure browser solution because some of our high school teachers were worried about test integrity of just normal tests. And we quickly found that there wasn't a legitimate um, testing integrity solution on the market for K-12 that included video monitoring. They all, they all had an option for K-12 that did a secure browser, lock the browser down. But none of them, even if they had the video monitoring for their higher ed solution, they would not sell it or quote it even for K-12 due to privacy concerns. So um, unless DRC or EOC at this point is, is somehow able to include video integrity into their testing platform, I don't see how kids at home can take it and you rely on that test score as a valid test score because it's not going to work. I mean, it, it might work, but it's not, you can't say no one cheated. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so E-rate season, or, or tell me if you guys want to stop. I mean, we, we could probably go on for hours because we haven't done this in six months. Um, Is I guess, something cool still sponsor us? They are. All right. Well, um, we'll, we'll, we'll send them I'll a throw them a, I'll throw them a bone that they won my uh, new server RFP. Mm -hmm. uh, actually just what was that two weeks ago we are moving uh they're gonna install a nutanix solution for us so we're very excited about that 
I use Nutanix as well. Somethingcool.com. Reach out to somethingcool.com. Their email address ends with somethingcool.com. You can talk to Jeremy Porter. You can go to their website. It's sales.com. Sales at somethingcool.com. Sales at somethingcool.com. Jeremy might give us $3 for this plug tonight. Um, (laughs) So E-rate season is upon us. Have you guys released your 470s? Uh, Chris and I are actually meeting Friday. We do it together because we're best friends. It's like an annual thing we do. Hashtag true story. Thanks for the invite. (laughs) Um, Oh, like you would drive down. I've driven down for lunch. But no, it's lunch. Exclude, exclude me. It's okay. Um, <clears throat> and based upon that call, well, I think both of you guys have COVID, actually. No, I've just I got th- I'm pretty sure I already did. I didn't get tested because it was Thanksgiving break, and I knew I'd be home anyways. My wife, and my wife, because my wife did, she tested positive, and she was fairly sick for like three days. She still don't have her taste or smell. Chris, did your family get it at all? No. Wow. Both. So my daughter's been kicked out of school twice, you know, quarantine, close contact. My son wants, I, so I had it. So I, my wife works at, at, my wife works at Corey school district. uh, So that kicked her out for a little while as well. Just me. We are, I found out. My wife gave me the rapid test up my nose. She's a school nurse and she can do that. So you guys want to wrap up? For this episode, we'll talk about E-Rate next week. Yep. Yeah, I think we got a lot more to talk Since about. You pretty much ignored me. Um, all right. So thanks for tuning in. This uh, Sorry it's been, what, six, seven months. Apparently, I made these guys ba- mad by not telling them about Aruba's free free gear. Um, but we, we are back. You. America, we missed you. And I know yes. you missed us. Our loyal <sighs> listeners. Um, we also need to recap. Not just America. That's uh, the world. Yeah, we do we have, have. We have listeners yeah. across the world. And if you'd quit interrupting me, I'd be able to wrap up the show. Um, <laughs> so if you have a topic you want us to cover, shoot an email over at, over to k12techtalk at gmail.com. Go visit somethingcool.com. Give uh, Jeremy over there a shout out. If you have a quote or need some help with something, He'd be more than willing and able to assist you. Um, We'll see you next week. Thanks. Well, don't say next week. What? Uh, Say, we'll see you next time. We're back. We're Okay. (laughs) If it's just me, you'll hear me next week. (laughs) I don't have my other, my other podcast is on hiatus. My radio show has been canceled, so I don't got anything else to do. All right. Till next time. Sounds salty. I'm not you. You're you two are the two are ex, the ones excluding me from Friday. So, um, all right. See you next time. Thanks, everybody.